Hi, it's Kate. And welcome to the Small Business Millionaire Podcast, where we teach you the secret small business strategies that today's most successful entrepreneurs use to build profitable and growing businesses. And then the magic formula for creating personal wealth beyond your wildest dreams. So get ready to take your business to the next level with your host, who built and sold his 50-employee business and number one selling book author, investor, and entrepreneur, Jeff Weiner. A few days ago, my daughter came to me and said, Dad, you need to do more to appeal to the younger generation of wannabe entrepreneurs, the people who want to start a business, but just don't know how or where to begin. And that's exactly what I'm going to cover in this podcast, how to launch your business and the things you need to do in order to get things off to an amazing start. I started my business in 1991 with $15,000 that I had saved over the course of three summers running an in-ground irrigation company in Montreal. I borrowed $15,000 from the Royal Bank, so my total startup costs were $30,000. Now let's ignore the fact that I was down to my last $500 by the spring of 1992 and very close to closing the doors. Now the spring of 1992 was probably only about six months after I had first started the business. So being down to my last $500 in such a short period of time suggests I was doing something wrong. I barely made it through the first year in business and I was close to becoming one of the 95% of business casualties that don't make it past the first few years in business. So in many respects, some of the feedback I'm going to provide you in this podcast are from the experiences on what I did wrong and, of course, some of the things that I did right. I, of course, now have the experience of hindsight, and I'll share some of my startup mistakes with you so that you don't have to go and make some of the same ones yourself. Now, before you embark on your new business journey, it's important to remember that there are so many companies that actually start up and fail, and I think the stat is something like 95%. 95% is a huge, very ominous figure. I'm not trying to scare you, but the reality is that building a successful business takes a lot of work, not just working hard, but working smart. And most are probably doomed from the start, not because of a lack of hard work, but rather because of a lack of smart work. So the first step to working smart is to have a business plan. And operating without a business plan is like traveling to a destination without a map. You wouldn't do that, would you? If I said to you, hey, meet me at 123 Main Street in some town, wherever it may be, the first thing you would do is you'd probably head to Google Maps. You would look at how long it takes to get from point A to point B, and perhaps you'd even look at the traffic at that very moment and look at all the best routes. The point is, you would map out how you're going to get from where you are to where you need to be. And running a business is the same thing. You need to have a plan. And that's your very first step, creating a detailed business plan. Having a plan isn't about predicting the future, but rather it's about having the discipline to think through all the necessary steps required between your first day in business and your next few years. I know you have a great idea, but will people buy what you're selling? Or let me ask you another way. How do you know people will buy what you're selling? And how many widgets do you need to sell to break even? What's your gross margin going to be? Do you even know what gross margin is? Well, maybe let me explain. Gross margin is the difference between the buy price of your product and the sell price of your product. So if you sell garage doors, for example, and you buy the door for $500 and you sell the door for $1,000, then your gross margin is $500. 
Obviously, the higher the gross margin, the better. And you want to know how elastic or inelastic the demand for your product will be. In other words, how much does changing the price of your product impact the demand for your product? If you could imagine if you're selling a commodity item and there's many businesses that are selling the exact same commodity item, it's going to be very difficult for you to differentiate your product and service. And you may have to be more flexible with your price. Whereas if you're selling a world life-saving vaccine and you're the only person that, and or company that's actually creating that vaccine, it's going to be much easier for you to dictate your price. So preparing a business plan isn't just about producing a document that you'll need to give to a lender. It's about thinking through your idea and setting goals. Your business plan should, at a minimum, consist of the following elements. You need, of course, an executive summary. You need a description. You need marketing research. Uh, You need management structure. You need to look at your marketing and sales strategy. And you, of course, need to look at your financials. You might think you have a great idea, but putting it in writing will force you to think through all of the things that I just said. And this is important. Don't let Excel be the reason that your business fails. I have a term I call Excelitis. And the point is, of Excelitis, you can plug anything into Excel and make an otherwise crappy business plan look amazing. If you need an extra 2,000 widgets to reach profitability, then you stick that into Excel. And bingo, your business now looks better. If you need 4,000, okay, stick that in Excel. Or 6,000 into Excel, and now you're a millionaire. Excel can make a crappy business look outstanding. So you need to be realistic with your numbers. And in order to be realistic with your numbers, you need to have a detailed marketing plan. I wonder... Why do so many entrepreneurs believe that they should open their business first and then afterwards figure out how to sell and market their product well after the business is open? If you're trying to figure out how marketing and sales work after you've opened your business, then it's probably no wonder why your business is struggling. Your sales are stagnant and your business isn't profitable because you didn't figure out the marketing before you opened your business. So your business plan must include a detailed section on marketing and market research. I found an interesting online poll that details why companies fail. And you know what the number one reason is? The number one reason why businesses fail is because the business model is just not viable. And I get it. Your idea is the next Google. I also know that the world will knock down walls to buy what you're offering. But really, will they? How do you know what you're offering will actually sell? And that's why you need to do market research. Your market research should include some detail about the total scope of the market available for your product or service. And you should also include competitive analysis and projected margins. Okay, now the number two thing you need to do to get your business off the ground is find funding for your startup. No money means no business. And so, while that's not entirely true, it is possible to start a business on a shoestring budget. It's probably not the best idea. The ideal scenario is that your business is properly funded and that your first two years of startup projections are realistic. Now, take your two-year projections and stress test them. What happens if you're only able to achieve 60% of your projected first two-year revenues? Can your business survive? Keep in mind 82% of businesses, and I read this stat online, 82% fail because of poor cash flow management. Knowing that, 
it's critical that you're realistic with not only your projections, but funding requirements. And now that you have your business plan in hand and know how much cash you're going to need for the next couple of years, you could now determine how you're going to raise your funds. Some options for funding include friends, family, angel investors, venture capital, small business loan from the bank, self-funding, and if you're going to seek external funding, especially from an angel or a VC of venture capital or the bank, it's especially important that your business plan is complete and thorough. Now, once you have your funding in place, you're now ready for step three, which is establish your team. Who is going to help you go to market? It's unlikely you'll be able to do everything yourself. You're going to need someone to help with the marketing, branding, website, content creation, accounting, legal issues, real estate, insurance, assistance, and whatever other staffing requirements your business might need. I use a website called Upwork.com and Fiverr.com to source talented individuals from all over the world. And I did that when I was running my larger business, and I continue to even do that today. Over the last two years with my blog and now podcast and my book, I've outsourced the following work from people from the following different countries. I've done video editing from Venezuela, copy editing from the U.S., graphic design from Bangladesh. Uh, I actually did my book cover design from 99designs.com, my book layout itself from the U.S., uh, Facebook advertising. I hired a consultant from the UK. Social media marketing. I've hired people from Bangladesh and India. I've assembled an amazing team and have sourced people from all over the world. Some labor rates well below what I would otherwise pay at home. Now, the number four thing you need to do when starting your business is marketing, branding, and web design. If you don't know how you're going to market your business, don't open your business. If you don't understand the nuances of marketing, like some of these terms in particular, and then I'm going to list them off, then don't open your business. So some of these terms include landing pages, sometimes called squeeze pages, Facebook advertising, Google pay-per-click, search engine optimization, otherwise known as SEO, content marketing, blogging, A-B testing, mobile advertising, email marketing, branding. You need to understand these terms, not just understand them, but actually how they work. Like, how does SEO work? How do you optimize a website for search engine optimization uh, using tools like SEMrush, for example, or Moz? And what is your domain authority? These are all things that you need to understand before you open your business, not after. And the number five thing you need to do when opening and running your business is never forget who your boss is. And yes, I know you're the president but you still have a boss. So think about it. Any guesses about who your boss might be? And I'm going to tell you, your boss is your customer. Customer service is key. And there's an expression. If you don't take care of your customer, someone else will. Especially since, and this is an estimate, over 40% of your business will come from repeat customers. In fact, I read a stat that something like 90% of companies see customer experience as a key factor in driving customer loyalty. It certainly makes it a lot more difficult to build a business if you have to constantly chase new customers and your business doesn't have an element of recurring revenue. So treat your customers like gold and build your business so that as much of your revenue as possible is recurring. And there you go. You now have the five steps you need to take your new business idea from paper to launch. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Small Business Millionaire Podcast. You can download a free copy of Jeff's number one selling book, which sold over 50,000 copies, by visiting the kickassentrepreneur.com website. Now be sure to subscribe to the podcast and please take a moment to write a review for our podcast in the App Store. 